Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The Breakfast Brief on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. Let's take a look at headlines investors will be paying attention to this morning. It's numbers, numbers, numbers because it looks like it just isn't enough for St. Louis Fed President James Bullard. He wants more. He wants 3.5 by the end of the year. That's my number of the day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's going to be a trip around the world because I'm going to give you a bit of a wrap up when it comes to central banks. What they are saying and what we could be expecting. And right at the top of the list is Fed Reserve Bank of St. Louis President James Bullard. So he is now sounding even more aggressive than anyone else, talking about 75 basis point hikes. So we've been all talking about 25 point hikes and then 50 point hikes. And now there's someone saying, hey, I'm not ruling out 75 basis point hikes. And that's really reflecting how aggressive the tone is coming out from the Fed. And he's, um, by the way, saying this is not his base case, but he is not ruling it out. But it does really just reinforce what the other Fed officials have been saying, including Fed Chair Jerome Powell, that um, we could be expecting a 50 basis point hike come the meeting next month. So pretty much just putting into concrete and hardening those expectations that we could be seeing all these pet hikes being front-loaded just to address all the inflationary pressures. Yeah, I mean, that's the issue there in Japan. And you mentioned 10-year yields pushing up a lot faster. We've got six more Fed meetings, by Mm. the way. We're expecting rate hikes at all of them, but uh, maybe we need to expect more. Let's go to Indonesia then. Okay, so today we are looking for the central bank in Indonesia to be in action, but no changes expected despite many central banks around the world trying to tackle inflation. So the story here, looking at what the 29 economists being surveyed by Bloomberg are saying, they expect things to be kept at a record low 3.5%. This is because you don't have retail inflation uh, where it needs to be right now. So right now it is below the midpoint of the central bank's target range of 2 to 4%. So it is still trying to raise inflation there and also to some extent revive the economy with low interest rates. So it is not ready to move yet on the interest rates for Indonesia. I'm curious about Indonesia on another front, the energy situation there. I mean, prices, how badly are they affected with the global rise in energy prices? Yeah, it's been quite hard hit by rising prices like many other countries. And among the commodities being closely watched will be cooking oil Mm. and also what Every other thing it needs to import will be affected because of all the import costs. So this is something they have to balance very finely because they have to cope with rising costs of living at the same time have to balance with how they need to revive the economy. So it's a very tough balancing act and it just adds more pressure when you have other central banks trying to raise their interest rates because that will mean a bit of a divergence where you have the local currency weakening relative to every other country. So something they will have to reassess as they get more data points in the coming months. Yeah, I mean, we've seen protests, right, in relation to those cooking oil prices as well. All right, uh, let's talk a little bit about New Zealand. Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern touched down in Singapore about 12, 14 hours ago. Mm. Clean COVID tests, travel hiatus. That's her first overseas trip since 2020. And this is brilliant. A good friend of ours, uh, Minister Indrani Raja, actually presented her a bouquet of flowers. 
Yeah, it's a nice touch. And talking about the program that she's going to be going through, she will be definitely talking about trade as well as going through uh, what the region can do to partner New Zealand to mm. do more. And on that front, New Zealand has been quite resilient when it comes to its economy. Yeah. Uh, it is one of the most aggressive, if not the most aggressive developed economy when it comes to raising rates. And it's been at the forefront. And the latest tone coming through from its central bank government yeah. Adrian Orr has been very aggressive, pretty much reiterating their stance uh, about aggressive approach towards monetary tightening and it expects to keep raising rates in the coming quarters as it seeks to contain inflationary pressures. So it is just raising expectations that there'll be more rate hikes to come. And just to give you some context, last week, they just delivered their biggest interest rate hike in nearly 22 years with a 50 basis point hike to 1.5%. Okay, this all makes sense. I mean, when you look at at a global scale and various countries raising interest rates, trying to get things on track in their own way, uh, and and I'm just saying that very generally, right? Um, Curious though, Japan is going in another direction. Yeah, this is interesting because you have developed economies by and large tightening, trying to normalize policy, but Japan going the other way, almost the other way, because it is not hiking rates anytime soon, because inflation is not where it needs to be right now in Japan. And that, as a consequence, has seen the Japanese yen just sliding day after day, week after week, is now on its longest losing streak in nearly 50 years against the US dollar. That is how much of a divergence we are seeing between the greenback and the Japanese yen. So it's down for a 12th straight day. Wow. And right now, if you look at the yen, it's at around 126.99 per dollar. So it's down around 0.4%. And this really accelerating after the latest comments from the Bank of Japan governor, Haruko Karuda, talking about how uh, it has the potential for very rapid moves in the currency as rates are seen to be still very low. So that is just pushing the yen even lower and just setting up the yen for more accommodative policy in the coming year. Yeah, um, and this is a, and and the reason I bring this up, uh, this next point up, is because we looked at this country as a beacon for a while in the way they bounced back so quickly after being one of the original places hit by COVID nineteen. We had a data dump from them yesterday, and now you know they're still dealing with problems uh, with regard to to COVID nineteen outbreaks. I'm talking about China, of course. Yeah, talking about that data dump, it came in two parts. One was the Pretty okay news. This was the GDP pretty much held up at around 4 plus percent. And this was at, um, just to be specific, 4.8%. And you have the other front, which is the more high-frequency data, the March indicators did not pan through very well. Retail sales contracted for the first time in two years, falling 3.5% for that month. The survey jobless rate climbed to 5.8%, the highest since May 2020. So it's just painting how much of a dent the latest COVID lockdown has been just uh, leaving the economy. And this is something they will have to chew on for the policymakers. And already we are hearing that they will step up financial support for industries, firms and people affected by COVID-19, including guiding for banks to expand lending and to surrender profits to the real economy. That's going to a statement. And also for them to um, support COVID-19 affected individuals by 
reasonably delaying loan repayments and also overdue loans um, just not to be recorded. So it is just giving some slack to uh, everyone affected right now. Yeah, I guess they really need it. Just very quickly to wrap things up, Ryan, today is the 19th of April. And I kind of forgot this for a while, but... Now I remember that today is the day that night spots in Singapore are allowed to reopen. Although, uh, you were telling me earlier that not all of them are going to take advantage of this yet. Yeah, I think it's a issue of just making sure everyone is ready, you know. Um, going by the Straits Times, um, they are saying not all nightclubs in Singapore are ready to let their hair down. So that's the <laughs> that's title of the report. So get more details there. But to give you the summary, you, know, you have a lot of issues because it comes down to manpower. Not everyone is ready to you know, go back in the industry because some of them have moved on. So it's a case of you know, not having enough manpower and also, there's a question of what type of models, measures they need to have in place to make sure everyone has enough confidence to go back into the night scene. Hey, I'm sure you used to club at some point. <laughs> That's life. a long time ago. So you remember when you go to the club, right? The person at the door will, will chop you. Mm. Yeah. So you can imagine now the person at the door chops you. Hey, don't you touch me. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.